Powerlessness 3. This is episode 18. Injustice and social unrest. You're listening to the Punk Theology Podcast. This would be season 3. This giant flag is a testament to the unity and patriotism of our people and to the deep love and commitment we have for our country. I'm reminded of a verse that I once read, written as if the flag were speaking to us now and for generations to come. It said, I am whatever you make me, nothing more. Hey, punktheology.net is the website for this excursion. The YouTube videos, there's a new playlist up on the YouTube page, uh, the Zoom episodes, we're calling them uh, video uh, of us, if you want to check that out. Again, punktheology.net, stop on by the YouTube page in the link. Also, you can follow us on social media, at punktheologypod on Twitter, and the Facebook group, Punk Theology Pub, on Facebook. Come join us, will you? Let's kick this thing off. another uh another punk theology and we had other plans but now the world is burning so we figured we would, we would chime in and i don't want this to be you know another couple of fucking white guys acting like experts you know like no one wants no one wants to hear that but it, it, the powerlessness attitude and we've done some shows on that covid-19 and now this happening like it really hits on that that powerlessness theme, doesn't it? Yes, I mean that's basically what this whole thing is about. Yeah, uh, you and I were talking about bef- a little bit before we started recording that. Um, I mean, it's really about a a power imbalance, and people, you know, calling attention, like, look, this is a power imbalance. We don't feel safe. Yeah. And calling attention to it over and over and over and over again and having and then feeling like the authorities just saying, like, we're not going to do anything. Like, and then and then eventually, you know, you do that enough times and it erupts in violence. Like, yeah, it's kind of like gravity. Like, event, yeah, just it's going to happen eventually if you get a group of people and you disempower them for long enough and then you don't listen to them when they complain about it. Eventually shit gets ugly because there's just no there has to be a release of that that pressure somewhere and this is how it comes out so it's one it's uh you know like i wouldn't condone going out i'm clearly not going to go raise a store to the ground and steal a bunch of shit but at the same time part of me is like well i mean this is just kind of what happens like this is this is natural. I think it's yeah, natural. It's, right. it's a natural order of things. Yeah, yes. hopeless and powerless. And when you, you know, we're told to put our trust in the authorities. And when the authorities, you know, they keep doing this shit over and over again, 
I mean, just me a few weeks ago, I'm sure I, I'm a white guy. If I was a black guy, this may have turned out way different for me. Just surrounded with angry white cops. We need to clear the intersection. I'm like, I still got my stuff in the car. This guy's like, I don't care, you know. And then finally he stops and he lets me get to the car. And then he, you know, like a minute later, hey, Shaw, Shaw, get over here, you know. And he wants me to talk to this woman. And then, and then he writes me a ticket for not having my insurance and my registration right. And I actually pulled out my phone as he's writing the ticket. And I said, just, you know, so I have this on record, man. <laughs> like you're, you're writing me a ticket for not having my license and registration while I'm holding in my hand my license and registration. He's like, well, you didn't get it fast enough. And I was like, this fucking asshole. Like just de-escalation, just treating people like they're humans. Yeah. I mean, is he any what he needed to clear the intersection? Like that's fine. But talk to me like a fucking human being, all right? I'm not, you know, I'm not your enemy in fucking Afghanistan or some bullshit. Like, I don't know what kind of PTSD this motherfucker was bringing to the party. But if I was black, dude, like, this might have gone horrible. And that's sad for me to say. In this country, you know, like, fuck. It, I, like, I get it. I'm angry, too. Um, and, yeah, we're a couple of fucking white guys, but. Well, I mean, just add solidarity with people who've been fucking roughed around by cops. Add to it the fact that if you are black, you come into the situation with a higher level of anxiety than you would normally. Yeah, and that's that's in itself is just a huge factor. Yeah, where you might do something scared and irrational because there is a long history that something could go really bad and, and they should be scared yeah. and are scared in that moment. And that is just a little bit more fuel to that fire too. Yeah. And it just, it's one of those things that just cycles on itself. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. It's, and there's all this whole, you know, like cops have a tough job and I get that, you know, and the military has a tough job. And I think it's some of this emotional intelligence around hiring highly skilled, you know, or I mean, not even highly, just people that have been in the military. It, 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 having a uh, survival kind of a emotional intelligence is a real thing. Like they react out of survival. Everyone is a threat in war, but you know what? You're not in fucking war, dude. Like this is, this is a society of people and your neighbors and, and uh, it's a different kind of emotional intelligence. And if, until they really get serious about training people to de-escalate, you know, we hear that. But it is true that you got to, like, stop acting like you're, you're in a fucking war. Like, I think that's a big part of the problem, right? And I think, you know, the way we did policing for a long time, I mean, it worked for a while, but it was... And it's, but it stayed for too long as one of those jobs you can just get out of high school. Yeah. I'll take anybody, like anybody. Like I had some friends that, I mean, not to say all cops are like that, but I had some friends that became cops. I was like, really? (laughs) Like you got a job as a cop? You are high school or something. Yeah. You are a hair's breadth away from being a total sociopath. Like, um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and so I think America's having to wrestle with that and come to the realization like maybe we need highly trained, highly capable people in these positions. 
And you can't just throw some guy right out of the military that's really struggling with PTSD into a uniform and, you know, send them to a class for three months, spin them around and and send them out into society with a gun and, and, you know, a license to kill. Basically that's, that's what we've done. Um, uh, yeah, the easiest one of the easiest way to is to kill somebody in society right now is death by cop. It's just you just get a blank slate. Um, I I was looking the other day. Arthur sent me this thing. The number of cops in America since 1928 that have been convicted of murder on the job. What do you think the number was? Mm. Twenty in a hundred years. With with yeah twenty, and we average right now what three or four thousand cop. I think last year was like five and a half thousand cop deaths, deaths by cop every year. Yeah, and and like there's just no way that only twenty twenty of those in a hundred years weren't fucked up. He was guy that shot George Floyd. Like he had a record. He had a fatality shooting before. He had complaints for being an asshole and a a bully and you know when you keep guys like that on the force like what do you fucking think is gonna happen and and there's a lot of people you know just checking my facebook feed today and being a christian i know i shared some stuff about martin luther king who's probably my favorite reformer (laughs) if you want to talk reformer language as far as being a christian guy is concerned but there's there's just a lot of people, you know, they, they don't get it. Like, well, they're looting and they're breaking into places and that's just not right. And well, what do you expect when you ignore people over and over again? You can protest, but you better behave yourself. Like, right. fuck you, you know? Like, I get it. I, I wouldn't, you're right, me too. I wouldn't be out there busting windows and doing shit like that. But yeah, at some point, it, things boil over. In 1968, yeah. when they assassinated Martin Luther King, I was born just two months after. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was riots and, and people burned shit, right? Like, because yeah. he was the peacemaker. And, you know, this is kind of how the world cranks things out. But uh, it, hopefully the outcome of this is that, yeah, we're not going to tolerate, you know, there should be, I think Chris Rock said it best, you know, he said, he said, you know, you know, he doesn't tolerate bad apples, fucking airline pilots, <laughs> you know, right. like we need to treat this that seriously. Like you don't hire cops. You don't keep cops around that are fucking bad apples. Like you have a low tolerance for having a short fuse in that profession. And there's been a long history within the police world of protecting your own, which I get and can understand from some level, but I think it, right? it got way out of control. Yeah. Like, yeah, just no conscience about it at all anymore. Like, you wear the badge, you're in, uh, type of thing. Um, yeah, it's it's so hard. I was just going on a walk today, and I was struggling so much with this because I grew up conservative, and I like to try and stay middle of the road as much as possible, um, and try and see both sides. It's really important to me, um, and I've really been struggling lately. Cause I am so disenchanted with the state of the right right now. Yeah, I, I just, I can't even stomach it a little bit. And I really like my value, my identity as a person, it really does feel important for me 
to kind of find that middle ground and be able to see both sides. Uh, and I've just been losing it lately. Like I just cannot see the light on, on that conservative side anymore. It just feels sick, like really gross. Um, yeah, yeah, I a, yeah, I feel you, Derek. And we try not to get too political on this show, but in times like these, yeah. know, it's like cooler heads prevail. No, no, they don't. You know, <laughs> I, and, and at some point, I think that that's another thing that I wanted to add to this conversation. And I'm glad you brought that up because a big part of this is, and I think a big part of white privilege is just indifference, right? Oh, another black guy was shot. Oh, well, you know, what else is on? Like, fuck you. No, you should be mad. And, and you know, you're right. Like, oh, Donald Trump and this, like, there's a long history to that, that shit that he said about when the looting starts, the shooting starts. You're like, starting the 60s. This fucking shit. And you can't tell me that that guy didn't know. Yeah, he absolutely. Oh, well, I didn't know. It had, you know, I just... If he, like, if he didn't know, the president of the United States absolutely should know. Exactly. So either, either way, it's embarrassing. Exactly. Like, he doesn't He's have ignorance. Either way. Right? Yeah. Either an ignorant, ignorant fucking moron or he's he's outright racist, you know. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it's it's, it's so frustrating. But, you know, maybe I'm hearing helicopters now. Just before we started recording, um, I got some food and I cooked a chicken on the grill here. I was at the Walmart right up the street and uh, grabbed some dog food and some beer, you know. And uh, this is four o'clock in the afternoon. I hear over the intercom, the Walmart store is closing. You know, please bring all your purchases to the front of the register. You hear the helicopter in the back. Walmart's like a mile from my house. Right? Walmart doesn't close either. No, Walmart it doesn't close. <laughs> it's been closing at 10 for COVID. Is it? Oh, yeah. but now it's closed because the mall across the street has right. had, uh, there's been threats of violence there and people breaking in. And yeah, here comes the helicopters, man. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah. Really right. right over my house. That's a police hill, too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it well, makes you wonder what June's gonna bring. <laughs> hey, it's my birthday almost. I saw this. Oh, yeah, happy birthday! Yeah, thanks. I'll be 52 on the 11th. I saw this meme that said, you know, those two astronauts that took off, like those guys had balls to take off in a rocket ship during this year, like of all the shit that's gone down. Yeah. Like, like strapping yourself to a rocket <laughs> took a lot of balls right now. Because <laughs> yeah. that would have just added another thing to the list. Like yeah, another exactly. fucking rocket blew up. Yeah, great. <laughs> they had a lot of confidence in their engineering. Yep. At this point. Are for the course. Of course that happened. That, that, yeah. Yeah. that was like one of the one successful things that happened in 2020. Yeah. Oh, Wasn't a disaster. Yeah. We're missing Steve. Yeah. Steve is going to chime in. He'll probably walk into the room. If I get an email, we'll get it. He'll pop up on the screen here. We don't know. But, yeah, man. More bad news. 
What's good in the world, Derek? What, what do you got that's good going on? I mean, the weather is actually fantastic today. Yeah. Honestly, the weather this spring has been pretty nice. Um, it's been pretty warm. And, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying it. Yesterday uh, was shit. Yeah, that's true. The weekend wasn't great. But I just stayed inside and hungered down a little bit. But today's really nice. What else is good in the world? Um, my mom's going to come out and for a visit in a little bit. Okay, cool. It'll be good to see her from Idaho. My son's birthday, he'll be seven on the 7th. So it's his golden birthday. So he's really excited about that. So it's coming. Golden weekend. golden birthday? Was What is the significance? It's golden birthday is when you turn the age uh, at the day of the month. So he's his birthday is the 7th and he's turning seven. Oh, cool. There you go. Yeah. I haven't heard of that. That's yeah, it's a big thing in some circles. Mine was when I was two, so not so great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, certain, certain people get really fucked on that deal, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, oh man, punk rock. You know, I was thinking about punk culture and sort of some of the stuff we're doing with this show is thinking about things that are countercultural in kind of moral culture, right? Like, or I don't just want to say religious culture. We're, we're Christians, but we don't go to church, you know, stuff like that. It's, and, uh, and the way that this is kind of unfolding has been kind of propping up some of that. Like, I think it's really showing a lot of the institutional bullshit, the divide, you know, between black culture religiously, I used to go to a church here in Everett that was really multiracial for a while. It was sort of a prosperity gospel church, so it didn't it didn't work out very long. I can imagine those guys are having a hard time right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like if you started the year, 2020 is going to be awesome. It's going to be your well, year. The Lord will be in a dream that, you know, that he has favor on you, right? And, and yeah, those churches. Or, uh, they're doing really well because it's not that hard to go up from here. <laughs> what was that? I said, or they're doing really well because it's not that hard to go up from here. <laughs> people want people want a little prosperity gospel right now. Yeah, maybe. Right now they do, but if you yeah. had it in the beginning, if you had it before, yeah, probably. you have to you have to do a full cycle. You have to push everybody out and get a new new batch. Right. You just yeah. bought that business that got uh, shut down and then cleared out by looters. Right. <laughs> where, where was where was Joel Osteen's? Jesus, when that happened, man. And then, yeah, uh, AC3, uh, the church that we're affiliated with, kind of, sort of. <laughs> we had a guest on the show who protested the church. <laughs> it was a good reason, though, too. Um, but they had, uh, like, a service in the car or something. I don't know if they were broadcasting on the radio. Which is smart, even when the governor kind of lifted the whole when Trump came out and said, you know, we should be able to meet at church and a bunch of churches opened and they still stayed in their car and opened the garage door of the church it has this huge garage door. That was a good idea. I thought that was pretty smart. Yeah. Socially responsible for a I don't know, what do you think? Yeah. They they do do that part really well. It's so weird. Again, like talking about flipping sides 
like just how far I've come in a short period of time uh, in terms of flipping over to a much more, I don't know, traditionally liberal viewpoint on a lot of things, which really does make me uncomfortable. Really? Uh, yeah, I like I really do value that idea of being able to stay closer to the middle. Um, but yeah, just dealing with, I know this has come up before, just dealing with my disappointment. Like, like I've, like the Republican party is just incredibly disappointing to me right now. Yeah, me too. Just like, it feels like they sold their soul to try and win an empty trophy. Like that's just <laughs> really like, like it yeah. really is what it feels like. Like we're gonna throw off all the things that actually matter and had any good moral longstanding, you know, intelligent, rational base. And we're just gonna go full steam ahead for all the crazy shit. The, the, all our crazy baggage. So they, it just feels like they dropped all the good stuff and they've just gone double down. On all down the, on the, the, yeah. the, all the shit that just really felt ugly for me, even when I was in it, um, you know, there was always that stuff on the side that was like, well, that's, you know, I'm not, I'm not that type of conservative, right? Like, and then they just went like, okay, like, so that's, that's all we are now. All we are is this, is the gross stuff that you always hated. Um, and so, yeah, trying to, and, and, you know, there's a homelessness in that. Mm. Like, like, and a powerlessness because even if I do find people that are like-minded, right? It's they're they don't have any power because they don't even have close to a majority. Yeah, I like what John said about being too conservative for your liberal friends and too liberal for your conservative yeah. friends. Like, I I feel that a lot sometimes because there's still a part of me, like I'm sitting here, Derek, in my backyard. My house is right here, and. And some of that is that kind of conservative, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, I got, and I'm, I'm a, I've been a fucking mess for years, but <laughs> there was layers of me that got sober and at least wanted to put a roof over my family's head and it, and I worked hard and I, I, I didn't even finish fucking high school yet. I have a house and, and a couple of cars and, and we're doing okay. And, and some of that is that conservative part of me that really believed in in the fact that you know and i don't you know some there's some of that liberal language that says well you're a victim or whatever um like i'm not a fucking victim you, you know i'll i'll work hard and i'll do the things it takes to accomplish what i accomplish and, and some of that's luck right like i'll i'll put that out there like some of it's good fortune and blessing and sure even being a fucking white guy i have black friends who you know have done some of this too in in an entrepreneurial thing like we just realized that we're gonna be in the place of working at a fast food place like i i mean as far as work was concerned i pretty much figured okay i'm gonna be minimum wage you know if i don't do something entrepreneurial like i'm fucked so that's that conservative part of me but the liberal part of me is also like, yeah, I'm fortunate, right? Like it wasn't just me. I think that that's a consciousness thing. At some point I was talking to a conservative friend and he was saying that like, I go, yeah, but 
you know, you had good parents who sent you to college and stuff like that. Like, you realize that, right? Like, you, this wasn't all you, buddy. Like, this wasn't all your um, picking yourself up by your bootstraps. Some of it was you were born into it. You were born white in an affluent house in North America, right? And so you got to bring that into the into your consciousness when it comes to seeing your fellow man. Um, that's where I think you're talking about. That's where I'm getting frustrated with the conservatives because everybody's like, well, no, I did this. Like I made myself, I made this happen. Right. And sure I worked hard, but a lot of people fucking work hard and don't get shit. They end up in prison. You know, I could go on. I think the other part of it is, uh, there's a lot more room to be a moderate on the left than there is on the right right now. Mm, yeah. And I feel like in the past, when I grew up, there was a lot of room in the, on the right to be a moderate. In fact, I think most, most of the people that I knew were fairly moderate. Um, and, uh, and the left seems a lot broader in terms of like, okay, like, yeah, like, like, yeah, you have your own opinions on some shit. That's okay. And the right seems to have just really streamlined and a whole bunch of shit. Like you have to believe this in this way and vote this way. And this is like, these are all the steps that you have to buy into. Uh, it's a really, you know, it's become a really tight club and yeah. free thinking is not allowed anymore. Um, and, uh, and you, you just, I just feel like I see that so often, like in interacting with so many of these people and you get the exact same arguments using yeah. the exact same words with the exact same message like they're just spitting it at you because they heard it somewhere exactly. they're not thinking at all yeah uh, and it's really frustrating and and yeah it's not attractive at all it's uh, uh it's polarizing it's, right it's polarizing yeah. and it's horrible to you know have some of my people that i love that i grew up with start to you know, like it does feel like they kind of turned into zombies. Yeah. Like you're just spitting that same fucking rhetoric at me that I hear over and over. Like, where's the nuanced approach, right? Like, like tell me something original that I haven't just heard yeah, 58 yeah. times from from people exactly like you. <laughs> or Fox News or whatever. Yeah, right? cookie cutter Republicans. And I will say that the Democrats, as far as we're you know, on the political side of things, there's also, that's why I think the two party system is so fucked. Like I think the two party system in this country is, is really destroying this country um, because it, on the far left, you, you can't really have a mind either. Like they, there's still, it's a popularity contest and Joe Biden just happened to win the popularity contest. Like he's a fucking disaster too. Like I saw a meme where, where, where uh, Obama was leaning into him going, hey, I'm giving you an endorsement. And, and, and Biden says, for what? Because <laughs> he's like fucking almost 80 years old and, and showing signs of dementia. But hey, he played the game and he got the, you know, it, it's, it's just weird the way that our political system works. We, we really like black and white and... We're going to vote for that. Like, I don't even know who I want to vote anymore just because it's such a, well, like you're saying, it's so, it's so 
It's just like a lower consciousness I mean, of people and like to voting be, for their thing. To oh. be clear, Russ, unless you live in one of six states, your vote doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are six states in this country that are gonna decide this next election. Well, and everybody else doesn't get it doesn't really participate. Yeah. So true. it's hard to get up and excited when you know your vote and your opinion really doesn't. Yeah, matter. we live in a blue state. It's gonna yeah. Yeah, a very blue state. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It would be very, very difficult for my vote to ever actually matter on a, in a presidential election, that is. No. Matters matters for other stuff, um, which I, I tend to take a lot more, more interest in anyways. Um, Senate and, and congressional and, and then local stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah the presidential yeah. stuff just doesn't matter. And you and you and Misha works for the school district. You know that's a very, you know, as far as power is concerned, it's very political driven, kind of a profession, right? Like you want to be, know who the yeah. It's really yeah. It's it's funny how that makes voting that much more important. Yeah. Because yeah, it it makes a huge difference who's on those boards and. And, uh, and I'll be honest, like, I'm not Mr. Informed too much on that shit. Like, since since my kids grew up, <laughs> like, yeah. fuck, I don't know. <laughs> Just don't raise my taxes. You know, I don't know. I, I keep doing that for the school, I mean, and, and hopefully things get better. I don't know. Yeah, it's tough. Just because, you know, we're one of the few places that's growing. Snohomish County is growing like crazy. Yeah, it is. King County's dying. They're just not having, nobody's having kids down there. So, I, and then everybody with kids comes up here. So, uh, it's, yeah, Misha was just telling me next year they're in a real money crunch. Wow. Uh, because her school is going to grow. The incoming class is like 20% bigger than the class she has now. And they're already out of room. So, wow. they just, they don't know. Like, she's during her um, off periods she's going to have to give up her classroom because she's just going to have teachers that are going to be cycling classes because they just don't have enough classroom to put everybody in. So, yeah. It's, it's always complicated. Yeah. This is the first time we got political on this show. No, we've <laughs> kind of touched on it a few times. We have touched on it. But on, with Trump and stuff. I mean, it's, it's basically impossible not to be political right now. It's, yeah, it is. It's when something of, like this happens and people are bashing windows out and, Right. Well, it's like, you know, it's like trying not to be political in 1968. Yeah. It wasn't going to happen. There's too mm-hmm. much shit. Like, it was just affecting your life in too many ways. And it was just, yeah, yeah it was just front and center. You know, and, and you know, we do spend a lot of time talking about identity and stuff. And, like, there's just a whole bunch of identity issues in that. Like, I do really do struggle with the flip that I've transitioned to. Mm. It makes me really uncomfortable. It's not. Yeah, there's a there's a part of me that really doesn't like that. That's concerned that I've gone too far. That's concerned that my opinions have shifted so radically. Um, yeah, I think so it's, it's just trying to find some inner peace in that has been right. Mature. And something that I've I've tried to hold on to. And it was uh, actually Paul Young says this a lot, and we've we've kind of chatted, you know, off of recordings about it and stuff too. 
like he says a lot, like, cause he, he'll go into, he's in, cause he wrote this massive best-selling book, right? So they'll invite him out to like, <laughs> it's crazy. Some of the stories he could tell about people who invite him in, who like know very little about his like, politics and message. Not that he's political, but, but one of the things that he tells me is he goes, Russ, they're my people. And he, and he says, I grew up in that. Like right. guys like you and I grew up with that religious tradition. And it's sort of like, it's a consciousness thing. Like these are people who they're just like, they want to feel safe and they want to feel like everything's going to be okay. And, and that's why when, when real change happens in a person's life, a big part of it is, is having to let go of some of that really, shallow shit whether it's liberal or conservative um but and and sometimes it takes me it's really it's hard work to be in the room with those with people that those people (laughs) like sound like an asshole but it's really true like i love those people because i was one of them at one time i was a very conservative you know i got off of drugs derek you know i I quit using cocaine and, and methamphetamine. And I, I picked in, it wasn't just me. Like I would say that too. Like it was my picking the right Christian God, right? Like that was, that was my thing. And I was so wise and reading my Bible and doing the things that the, they told me to do, right. To get off the dope. Like, it, no, it's, it's, that's not how it works. Like it's, it's way deeper than that. And you bring people into caring for humanity and loving other people. And um, man, again, Martin Luther King keeps coming to my mind because that man, that man changed things. He, he didn't do it with violence, you know, um, but he, he, he was a real live reformer when it came to Christian values for me. Cause I'd given up on all that. She's like, fuck Christian values. But you know, you read about him and, and he changed things. He really did in a really difficult time. Um, I don't know. That's my, that's part of why I'm a Christian is because of guys like Martin Luther King Jr. Honestly. So, I mean, just going back to my struggle with flipping. (laughs) Right. Uh, Like a big part of it is, you know, I look at myself and think, well, if I was a, if I was conservative me looking at myself now, I'd be like, yeah, you moved to a blue state and yeah. you got a job in the government. Like surprise, surprise. Right. Derek is more left leaning now. Yeah. And like, and that just, I have to admit that there's probably something to that. But boy, does that irk me? Like that just tears at me. I hate wow. the idea a bit, that's a powerlessness thing. Like I hate the idea of just being a victim of my environment. Um, and like, like, you know, like I just got turned eventually. Like I yeah. just marinated in my environment long enough that they turned me. Um, and I don't want to believe that that's what happened, but I mean, it does play at least a little bit of a factor. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see. I keep telling myself like, Look, this isn't the final chapter. You've got hopefully another 40 or 50 years. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if I can go back and start to find the middle ground again or if I'll just be some 
crazy lefty <laughs> communist uh, who decides to, I don't know, join join uh, a uh, anti-fascist right. uh, club or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've, that's some of the criticism I've got with the other show. Well, Russ is from Seattle, right? Yeah. I mean, that hurts. But I get it. Um, and it hurts because it might be true. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I don't know. Like, you know, it, I, I think that I, I could have done a lot with that other show. Like, it had a, it had a way big – it had a huge following. If I could have played the Christian game and just, you know, went along with what all the Christians were saying to be – still popular and acceptable to that crowd i i you know I, but i couldn't do it like my heart couldn't do it yeah. and i i don't think it's because i'm from seattle i think it's because like real change and transformation if i'm going to talk about that like that includes having to open yourself up to other people to, to take those vulnerable parts of ourselves um and be empathetic to the other side who's also struggling and and for me like i don't think you can really i think the people that stay like hyper conservative they just sort of weed out the friends that disagree with them <laughs> and i think some people on the left do the same thing too i think that's part of the the toxic culture that's part of what's spawning all this is we're so divided we're so it's become that's what the internet's given us is it's become a lot easier to filter people out. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's pretty easy to to just cut someone off and never really talk to them again. And then it's really easy to find a new group of people. Um if you're you know, moderately gregarious person, uh you can find a new community somewhere else and uh yeah. and just and you don't have to hear from those people ever again. That's one of the things I've missed about church. I think when church is done right, you have liberals and conservatives and black people and white people and Asians and Latinos and, and they're all in the same room. Right. That's really hard to do today. Yeah, it's super hard. But I think that that's a real, that's real community. Yeah. When people can say, I love the Lord, right? Like I am going to worship God with all these other people of different skin colors and, and belief systems. Like there's something really beautiful about that. And I'm losing hope and not being able to do it anymore. Kind of like, it's like a dark was, comedy. I don't know. Yeah. That was, I mean, that was honestly one of the things that attracted me to Mars Hill at the beginning yeah. is it felt really diverse. Like yeah, when I, you, well, you know, I was coming from North Idaho. So really diverse for me is uh, not a high bar. Yeah. But, <laughs> but but it did it i uh, like there was a an amazing mix of people that i've just never really engaged with before yeah that just kind of atrophied and atrophied and atrophied and atrophied and then it just died uh, yeah. and i don't know if i have it in me to watch something like that die again like that was so painful yeah. uh, and i feel like it would like i don't have a lot of hope that I could find a new thing and that in 10 years, it wouldn't just once again, turn into ashes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also that, cause we've been there. Like I remember when I, first time I interviewed uh, Jim Henderson, he goes, he goes, Russ, this isn't my first rodeo. Yeah. 
<laughs> like there's something to that. There's so it's a kind of like party. you and I walking into that kind of environment, knowing that we've been through a few rodeos before, and yeah. then seeing everybody start gravitating to some cult of personality, right? Like some popular dude who's got the right words or the vein popping out of his neck or something. Yeah. Talk um, to the guy. Talk to the guy who just finished boot camp and then go talk to the guy who just finished three tours in Iraq yeah. and see how, the, see how their stories compare. Oh, God. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah. yeah, man. Tell you what. Well, we should probably wrap this up. I don't think yeah. Steve's stopping by. No. But, uh, yeah. It's been good hanging out with you. Well, hopefully soon we can actually do this in person. Things are hopefully yeah. a little bit. So yeah, we're gonna be phasing phasing two pretty soon, Snohomish yeah. County. So next couple of weeks, and hopefully we can do this real time. Yeah, and that's kind of some of the heart that I had for this project was that that idea of like punk being countercultural means why can't we stay in the room with difference? Why can't we? Um, have this kind of rub and and work these things out because I think you get to that that level emotionally with other people. It's really hard. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> that's that's sort of punk too, right? Yeah. No, I don't know. Derek, thanks for being my friend, brother. I, yep. I really value you. I really value you as a friend. And as long as we've known each other being able to still be friends through all the shit that we went through <laughs> as far as our belief systems being smashed into little pieces <laughs> at least the social ones right yeah yeah thanks you too right. love you buddy Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Want to make a punk robot joyful, jovial, jolly, gleeful? Hit that subscribe button. Like, as if the PT podcast was your lift driver. Would you please leave PT that covered in five-star review? Thanks. You fucking rock. You can email the punks at punktheologypod at gmail.com. Yeah, they would love to read yours on the show. Follow Punk Theology on Twitter, at Punk Theology pod and don't forget to join the facebook group punk theology pub the punk theology podcast is the sole property of digitalaudioproject.com llc who is responsible for its content 